You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. Welcome, this is Suzanne Toro, and I want to thank you for being here. We're coming out of the new moon and solar eclipse that started on Friday, went through yesterday into today, and today we're going to bring together Soul and Luna Cycle with the Dharma Talk and the Empower You Part 3 segment, all in one happy place uh, for a little Dharma Talk silence and sound. So I chose to do that this way. Uh, Yesterday, I just wanted to be quiet and uh, was reflecting on the Empower You segments that I've been putting out connected to the Wetico. And for those of you that haven't listened to the other parts, I'll put part one and two down below. And the reason this is so important as it relates to Dharma And some people have different relationships to that word. And to be in one's dharma, you are living your highest purpose. It's not one that's uh, manipulated or created for present moment. Highest purpose dharma is that you continue to create efforts to your highest and best for the benefit of all beings, not just self. And when we are in service for the benefit of all we inadvertently will be benefiting ourselves because we're included in that all. And so over the past two talks under um, Empower You, uh, we've been talking about the Wetico and how it expresses itself through narcissism and uh, NPD, narcissistic personality disorder. And some of you might say, well, this doesn't relate to me. I can't relate to that. Um, but it's very important because if you're doing your inner work, you will be touched by this pathology. You will be touched by this in your work, in your relationships, in the world at large, uh, in the physical world and in the virtual world. So, uh, I wanted to bring it all together here today because this duality, this, uh, good versus evil, selfless versus selfish uh, tug of war that is all orchestrated by manipulation. And at the end of part two, I really encourage everyone to notice objectively where it exists in and around the world of your life, in addition, uh, where you have participated. And this is a key component because what happens someone might really get harmed by someone that's uh, narcissistic or has this uh, clinically diagnosed pathology or get harmed by psychopaths and sociopaths that run amok on planet earth. And so why it's important for each person that's inspired to look at where they're manipulated by this energy is that's how we start to disengage with it, cut off the food supply to this energy. And right now we're at this very pivotal moment here on planet earth where the humans, those that are, have chosen to stay human 
meaning that they have compassion, love, empathy. Uh, they work daily to keep their mind, body, heart, and soul in balance and well-nourished. It is that moment that you get to help out and you get to stand in your power and your truth and get to decide, do you want to feed the Wetigo or do you want to say no? And that can be a simple statement. No, I don't want to. And then it takes practice and effort because as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, this energy is in and around all of us. It is manipulating. Every time you pick up your phone, it's there manipulating you. Every time you turn on the TV, it's there manipulating you. Every time that you engage with politics, even uh, theological practices, it's there manipulating you. And so when someone steps up into a commitment with themselves to be integral, to honor their inner code of ethics, they will realize how much manipulation goes on on planet Earth. And then it's the practice to disengage from that. And it will be a practice for all of us because it's literally like imagine going into a funhouse maze of mirrors and you're trying to find your way down the corridor and where where is the opening and where you can turn and keep going forward. It's kind of like that. And I giggle because it's uh, horrific. And uh, at the same time, it's like, wow, it's going to be interesting for all of us to participate in this that are inspired to. And so uh, the key component Uh, as mentioned in one and two, is that one, just to observe your role in it, to observe where it's impacted you, and really to sink in a little bit deeper as to why you've allowed yourself to be manipulated, because there's some core healing there. It's, It's like... Uh, when we aren't strong enough in a certain area, we divert to the lowest common denominator. And that lowest common denominator is dark forces that will feed you with what you want so that you uh, become delusional and then you start participating in the world in a way that bit by bit leads you into these places where you can't get out. And it's kind of the old ad uh, language that one would use is to say, uh, once in the mob, you can't get out of the mob unless you exit six feet under. And that's the price that is out there that's been uh, built up for thousands of years here on planet Earth is to engage people in activities that they can't escape. And so if any of you have engaged in that and are, happen to be listening to this segment, I encourage you uh, to be bold, make this your Joan of Arc moment, get out, uh, save your soul, uh, really come back into alignment. And then for the rest of you that have been, uh, impacted on some level, it's time for you to really stand up and hold the line and call it out when you see it. Now there's subtleties because probably the majority of the people that are listening to the segment have nothing to do with the upper echelon of sociopathic and psychopathic activity of that happens here on this planet. Yet the trickle down impact is that it feeds into the narcissistic pathology and those that uh, are lured into engaging with narcissism for themselves and with others that already are well engaged in it. 
And so this is the devil. This is the devil, for lack of better words, wanting to welcome you in. If you're more of a Buddhist mindset, this is the hungry ghosts. This is the hell beings. They're ready to feed off you. And that's what um, those hungry ghosts and hell beings do. They feed off you. Narcissism. It, it comes to you for food supply. And then there's this loop that you can't seemingly get out of. So it's really important for each and every one of us to identify where our weak points have been or are and really make a commitment to ourselves to hold the line there, do the inner work and call it out when you see it. And so what this kind of looks like is that you could have a group, let's say of friends, I want you just to identify with any group of friends. And you're like, hey, yeah, they're fun to be hang out with and all this stuff. But you see it. You see the person that takes the stage in, in the middle of the group. You see how everyone is drawn and lured in with that friend. You might even see the aspects of this person's mental, emotional, and spiritual pathology that really uh, utilizes that as a manipulative tool, consciously or subconsciously, to gain other people's loyalty, attention, friendship, and their way into your life and all the other people that are in that friend group. So this is where it becomes precarious because we don't necessarily want to go around pointing fingers. We just want to observe and then bring yourself into right action with yourself and the, these beings that you see are participating in this. So it, it doesn't always look so pleasant, but this is what it will kind of look like. You notice the person that creates the control dramas, the person that uh, leads you in and lures you in with uh, a lot of love in the sense that they like overdo it. In narcissism, they call it love bombing. So they're there and they're like, ah, and so they're center stage just really feeding you with so much energy or everyone in the group that it's not going to look so pleasant. What I mentioned next is that once you start to observe this and you watch them going from, you know, a place of maybe over attention to an individual or many, and then also you witness them flip the table so that they are in command of the group or the individual and they get to call the shots. Uh, that, moment when you start to see that is a good time to distance yourself. So if you put them in the center and you had concentric circles moving out, distance yourself from that being. And so the person may, you know, really do something overt to gather attention. Everyone you'll see them that is in the spell will feed into that attention and simply get quiet and step away you know, so even in work, everyone might feed in, let's say to the leader or the boss, you can still be there and function and support the greater vision or your duties, but you don't have to feed into that. And what's happened on our planet is that people, let's say in the entertainment field, there's someone that holds the cards. So they feed into everything that person wants. So they gain. If there's someone in a corporation that holds certain cards for hiring, firing, raises, all these kinds of things or other additional opportunities, people feed into them because they want to get ahead. You know, this is what we uh, have a called networking, um, uh, people of influence. Uh, 
or affluence. And so those people hold a certain amount of uh, energy and manipulation power over you and many others. So it's to be really clear with those individuals what you're there to do. And if you notice that manipulation starts to happen where maybe the terms of engagement with that individual in a relationship, a business, whatever it might be, have shifted, you call it out and you see how they handle that. They may not like what you have to say, but that gives you an exit strategy from that situation because the energy of the quote unquote devil, the wetico, and that again from people that haven't listened to the first two segments is a disease of the mind, the soul. And indigenous cultures have called this out where people get swayed, you know. And so people that are still human and have a good heart and might got swayed into doing something that's against their inner code of ethics feel bad about it. They don't, um, they take it with them and they carry it with them. People that don't have a conscience, they don't care. They, they won't carry it with them. So if there's anything that's happened to you in your life where you still carry the burden of taking that action because it was against your inner code of ethics, meaning that if you did something that was uh, manipulative or uh, a true crime or something that was more subtle like lying, cheating, um, stealing I guess that's a crime. Um, but anything that would have, you know, basically crossed the line of your inner code of ethics and society's codes of ethics. Cause at large, if you go down to your local, like, I don't know, main drag or street, like here where I live, we have a couple areas like that or many little areas like that. If you went down and started manipulating the businesses, started to try to steal from them, um, cheat your customers, all these kinds of things. It's not going to be too long before people don't want to engage with you. Yet, if you had big enough status, people would still engage with you. If you had a certain level of influence, uh, people would, because I've heard this many times over. They're like, oh, I don't mind um, engaging that. I'm going to do good with it. It's a, you're kidding yourself if you think that you can be involved in certain activities and do good because it's coming, the source of it is uh, not pure. And, you know, I can equate it to cooking. Like I do really, if anyone's upset, I don't want them in the kitchen with me cooking because it feeds it into the food and then I'm feeding it to people and it's going to, you know, it could give them an upset stomach. It can emotionally um, not make them feel well, even on a deeper level. So if you, if you think that you can take energy from a place that is not pure and do something good with it, uh, I want you to think really hard about that because you've created part of the network that exists on this planet right now. And so that's why for, you know, a little bit, it's going to take some time to unravel this because by and large, the infrastructure that we have on this planet is not well I'll just call it that. It's not well, and it's lost anything if it ever had it as far as a soul. And that soul is the eternal being, the eternal imprint that goes with it. So now is that moment that we can start feeding it. And I understand that there's people all over the world that are part of the system, the existing infrastructure, but you can be the change agents from within. And that's powerful. You start holding your integrity. Uh, and if it's the organization is so misaligned with who you are, then it's time to look for a new job. 
it's t- if, if your partner is so misaligned with you, it's time to look for a new partner. Uh, if there are people in and around you that are more on the subtle level that are uh, manipulative, I don't know why that's hard to say this morning, um, it's time to move away from them, create space. And so it's interesting because this Wetico really impacts the mind and then the soul because it's our mind that has this power to recall information and transmit information and transmit electromagnetic energy out in and around us. So if I hear, hear meaning with my mind and my other sensory apparatuses, someone thinking about me, or when I walk up and if someone's not happy with me, even if they haven't spoken, I can feel it and I know it. Uh, And so this is what we're engaging in on a daily basis. So as soon as you start to realize where you've been participating and where you need to strengthen, then that will start to regenerate your being into integrity and alignment. And, And so as we go through this process, for those that choose, it will be a little precarious on the most micro level because we have the macro level where unless you're a leader in one of those organizations, those that are working there don't have as much um, influence yet. Everyone's power is equal. So even the CEO doesn't have more power than the uh, clerk, you know, at the lowest level of the infrastructure they've built within their organization yet perceptually they do. So on a subtle level, and this is where we drop the pebble into the pond and then it ripples out on a subtle level, you decide like what is a part of your inner code of ethics, where you are most aligned with those code of ethics. And so from there, um, I want you to really start observing your inner circle, the people that you have in and around. And these might be lifelong friends, family members, all of those things. Yet that Wetico, as mentioned a few minutes ago, starts with the mind. That's the vibrations we share. And then um, into the soul, because if the mind is imbalanced, the soul is going to start to be imbalanced because the mind is in a delusion. So this oftentimes uh, presents itself so subtly and oftentimes can present itself overtly in spiritual practice. The reason a lot of people go towards spiritual practice is because they're lost. They go to their theological belief system, they're lost. And then, you know, they go through a process and maybe regain common ground for themselves. How we know it was successful or not is that if they are not in a delusion, they've not created an illusion. And we also can uh, objectively observe someone based on their ability to see rationally and objectively, to see the what is in and around the world. Now, what happens sometimes is people uh, will espouse a lot of quote-unquote wisdom from any and all uh, backgrounds in the world, yet they don't A, embody those, and they are in a delusion. And people that are have mental pathologies that are not balanced, they will work really hard to hide that. And so hiding is a lie to self when it's not that you have to put your dirty laundry out everywhere, but it's like hiding 
an aspect of uh, uh, illness within and puts you in a very precarious position because then what happens is that Wetico comes in and all these energies come in to support you masking that weakness. And that's why I want each self to be responsible for where am I not strong? Uh, where am I needing to do some of those metaphorical sit-ups? And then you look at that and you start building up strength there. And that takes radical honesty with self. And bit by bit, you'll start to notice this objectively, not judgment, objectively in and around you. And years ago when I worked um, with an organization, I'm not going to name who it is, but, you know, one of the doctors there, he would say, you know, we do get a lot of people that are very, quote unquote, codependent. And I would say a lot of mental imbalances. And part of what drew people in is one of the um, principles that were utilized in bringing people people back into balance was uh, yoga and coupled with Ayurveda. The the aspect of yoga where in meditation where people yoga is an eight part system meditation is a very integral part where you're led to but you're also led to really coming into alignment with your core ethics if it is practiced with uh, discipline and reverence and honesty and so what he would mention is that uh you know we all had to be aware because the manipulations that were there were people weren't being completely honest and with themselves because they weren't well. Um, but that can feed even a teacher that can feed someone and, you know, all of a sudden they have a delusional person, you know, showering them with certain kinds of adorations or loyalty or all that stuff, but it gets manipulated rather rapidly. And I would say, you know, in the work that I do day in and day out, one on one with people, uh, I really work to create a space f- so people can be honest with me in that practice, because it's so important to create that space so we can start to heal. And so you can simply start to do this with yourself just to really say, okay, I want to be honest with myself. And I encourage anyone, because there's a lot of stigmatism still, as much as people talk about mental health, they don't want to admit they have an imbalance there. And also there's a lot of uh, people out there that want to hold on to their mental label because they're, they don't know what it feels like to bring it completely in balance and not need that label anymore. So I encourage you all, if you know internally that your mental health is not balanced, yet uh, you're not sure where you want to go with that, uh, one, I'm happy to have a chat with you, kind of do a, a, an evaluation and make some recommendations. What I have seen that's most beneficial is to have an integrative approach. That's how I typically work with most of my clients is that we make sure that all their needs are being met and one practitioner is not going to be able to cut it. And so this is where getting back to my uh, late doctor friend is that people will go into spiritual places, religious places, and they're kind of deluding themselves that they they can get well just with that. Um, 
yeah, sometimes maybe that happens. But more than that, there's other things that need to come in to assist that being into balance and harmony. And that's the precarious position. If someone's not there yet, and you're engaging with them on a daily basis, and they're not well, but you have a kind heart and you want to help them and you think you can help them, you're really just the enabler in the, the life situation and you're putting yourself at jeopardy because that wetico is weaving from th- through them and will be weaving through you too. Uh, so we want to encourage all of us to, uh, yeah, just be honest with yourself, work at building up your own inner strength in those areas of weakness, and then distance yourself from situations that you've realized are not healthy, uh, where your, your weak point isn't strong enough to engage with that person and to really trust your gut. So the manipulation that exists is in and around everywhere. So, uh, Next time you go on your phone, not right now, because we have some good stuff to do, you'll see the manipulation. If you participate in social media, if you're just searching for something on a search engine, you'll see the manipulation. And how to identify someone that's in distinct practice is that you'll notice that they take responsibility for their emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual being. They will actually shift their language when they realize that they'll self-correct in the moment. They're not going to take the responsibility of everyone. That's another thing. You'll notice that they're uh, going to be a little bit more quiet and observe versus jumping in at all times. Now, on passion parts of their lives, you might notice that they um, jump in and speak more from the heart and soul. And that is another area where we're susceptible. If you're really passionate about a topic, it's easy to get swept away by that passion. And then there still can be a manipulation there by outside forces that uh, have worked really hard to make life very confusing. (laughs) Uh, So... (laughs) Meaning that even in altruistic places on planet Earth, there's can be a deception too. Uh, So these are difficult, maybe concepts to swallow, because that requires us to open up our lens and look beyond what is, and really come into alignment with who we are here. Um, and, you know, begin to cultivate a relationship with our innate wisdom, our highest purpose, and to serve there. So uh, it takes a, a lot of self-examining. It's, and it's not something that happens in a year or 90 days. It's, it's a life practice. And, you know, we're eternal beings. So there will always be new things to discover. And as we evolve... There's layers of refinement that come in there, and it's beautiful. And the best part of this from an infinite model is that these soul lessons that you are learning and this refinement on a spiritual level, your emotional level, mental level, will be reflective in your physical dwelling into what you incarnate next. In addition, those practices that you put into place will carry with you. So to take this as seriously as you can in this moment and 
start to look around. So what I'd like to leave you with today is that I want you to look a little bit closer in and around the world. If you've identified uh, where you're susceptible to this energy, I want you to be really radically honest in and around you. And also look out for your brothers, sisters, your children, your parents, grandparents, all of that to see where they're susceptible. Because when you do your inner work, it's going to impact all those beings. And so to bring them into alignment with you is not necessarily pontificating to them. It's doing the inner work and watching how things balance out. And to remember that each one of us has our own journey. We have our own soul's path of evolution and transformation. And so the rates to which we all evolve will be different. Uh, So you can start to look around, take responsibility and honor and align with your inner code of ethics. And then bit by bit, start to unravel where you've engaged. And um, you can't take it all on especially from the macro picture, but you can take the micro picture on because that's you, your inner landscape. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to dive in to a little silent meditation. And then on the other side, we'll have some sound. At that point, you can recline back into Shavasana corpse pose, uh, supine, laying on your back, palms face up, uh, back of the heart to the earth or the surface below you and receive. And I welcome each and every one of you to see what is to let go of the delusion that you've created or that the world has created for you and open yourself up to being in integrity with self, your innate intelligence and your inner wisdom that is intended to be of service to yourself and the world around you. So with that being said, I'd love for you to take a nice deep breath in and then exhale out. Again, inhale and exhale. Good. Another one. Inhale. And exhale. And then gently taking a breath in and out of your heart center. And just observe your natural breathing pattern. And then use utilize your breath to be your mantra. You can simply close your eyes if you're a seasoned meditator. If not, just choose a point in front of you to gaze at soft gentle gaze, taking another deep breath in and out.
And simply, if you're still in an upright seated position, just bring yourself back into a reclined position if you're on a chair or a sofa, or if you're on your mat, recline back into Shavasana. And as you come to the earth, the floor, or the bed, just gently welcome your body to stay present, to soften, and to continue to dive into your inner landscape. Simply observe that breath, closing the eyes, and enjoying being here.
taking a soft, gentle breath in and out of your heart center, gently breathing in and out. Again, inhale. And exhale. Another one, inhale. And exhale. And then gently from there, when you're ready, just roll over onto your side and rise up into a seated position. Taking another deep breath in and out again, inhale and exhale. Good. And then gently from there, just going to welcome you to take a moment to acknowledge all aspects of yourself. To give gratitude for all that you are. And then if inspired, sending out beyond here some love and gratitude for the world around you. And then I welcomed you as we move into these next moments and really feeling into what this new moon and uh, solar eclipse, I guess, also occurred, this transfer of information between the father and mother, grandpa and grandma, uh, happens over the eclipses. In addition, utilizing the energy of the new moon as the shadow side of self to show you where the inner work is and taking that with what I've shared with you during this Dharma talk, that it's that moment for us all to be radically honest, to notice where we have been manipulated via the wetico, via our mind, consciously and subconsciously, subconsciously and consciously manipulated by self and others. And those are humbling moments, but I welcome you to be there. And then I welcome you to bring yourself into right action and to align with those inner code code of ethics and start to practice staying there, embodying that which you espouse, that you speak of. Really hold the line there. And as you continue to refine you'll be surprised at what you see. And remember that enabling does not cure anything, doesn't help anything. It means that you're part of the problem. So for those that you love that are in and around you, rather than enabling their psychosis, their addictions or afflictions, really bring yourself into clear action with them. And if you can't serve them, in the way that they want, then it's time just to create a little space. And then from there, you can um, come into harmony with yourself, and that will be the biggest gift 
that you've ever given them. So until next time, this is Suzanne signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be Mama simply. Mama always told me